All right, I think we can all agree that every new investor struggles with the same issues. One of those issues is finding motivated sellers. Yes, this is probably the number one problem that I hear. Dave, how do I locate motivated sellers so I can wholesale properties for huge profits? Well, not to worry. One of my favorite ways to locate motivated sellers is by driving for dollars. When I drive for dollars, and I do it several times a week, I like using the Deal Machine app. Why? Because it's my favorite app and it makes driving for dollars super easy and fun. How does it work, you're probably asking. Well, as you're driving around looking for properties that are distressed, like for example, tall grass, broken or boarded up windows in need of major landscaping, broken down cars in the driveway, tarps on the roof, or just roofs that look really old, gutters falling off, paint chipping away, or peeling, or anything else that would lead you to believe that the house or the seller is distressed. This app helps you keep track of the addresses so you can plot several of these properties from your phone all while driving. Furthermore, this app has the ability to send direct mail to these property owners, and you can even skip trace these owners in real time and call and text them while you are in front of their property. I absolutely love this app, and I use it several times a week. Check it out for yourself. Go to Deal Machine in the App Store and download it. They offer a 14-day free trial, but don't forget to use the promo code DPI, and you will get up to $40 worth of free script tracing and mail credits. Again, use promo code DPI and go download this today. You will not regret it. I absolutely love it. Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the discount property investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. Guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. I'm your host, David Dodge, joined by my co-host, Mike Slain. Hey, Dave. How are you today? Hey, Mike. I'm doing good, buddy. Good. Feeling good. Feeling good. good. Yeah, I'm loving wholesaling lately, man. The market is going crazy out there. It is. And we are, I mean, it's just, it's easy to sell deals right now. It is. Uh, when you're finding something that is a little bit out of a discount, there are buyers lined up and ready. So again, with the market good, it's a great time to be a wholesaler. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. So what? It, let's talk about wholesaling, Dave. What is wholesaling first off? And what are we going to talk about today? You got it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Wholesaling is nothing more than buying a property at a great price and selling it to somebody else at a good price. Mm -hmm. Typically, when we refer to wholesaling, we refer to selling the contract to purchase. So we're actually flipping the paperwork, but not always. Sometimes we actually you know, have to go to the closing table. It depends on the strategy we use to, you know, to exit that deal, to close it. Well, that's interesting you bring that up. I actually was just reading an article, um, and we're in St. Louis, Missouri, so we're right next to Illinois. 
and Illinois passed a law that you can't uh, buy and sell real estate without a license, yada, yada. And there's a few other states following suit. So what Dave is talking about with the flipping paper, that is what has got people a little bit nervous. And uh, it is a really good reason to change up strategies a little bit. Either one, get licensed, or two, make sure you're closing on the property, physically closing on the property, and then physically selling the property. And by that, I mean signing the contracts yourself. Mm -hmm. you, you're doing an A, B, and a B, C transaction there where you buy the property, take title to it, and then sell the property. Now, this can all happen same day, just like Dave was talking about with truly flipping the paper or selling your interest in that contract. Mm -hmm. But again, it is. It's one of those things to be aware of. Like, this is happening. This is real-life stuff. So be careful out there. But, uh, yeah, let's go make some money, man. Let's yeah. Some money. Well, the most beautiful thing I think about wholesaling is you can flip a property with little to none of your own money because, mm -hmm. again, you're selling the paperwork. Um, and you don't need to have a massive marketing budget. Um, some people that I know don't have any marketing budget at all, and they just cold call. They use time. They trade time instead of money to generate those leads. So, again, there's lots of different yeah, ways that you few, can go about doing it. Yeah, there's it. a lot of people around market. A couple of them that come to mind. I mean, they really do. They kind of brag about the fact, oh, I don't do any marketing. And it's like, well, that's fine, man, but I just I do a lot of marketing because I don't want to spend that much time uh, generating leads personally. Me so too. So I, I like doing marketing. I love doing marketing. Yeah, I'll brag about that all day. We do a <laughs> lot of marketing. We spend money on deals to get deals, yeah. but we're lazy. And it's easy oh, to I spend money to get the phone to ring. And I that's what we do. I love that, Dave, because I was actually having a conversation with some friends this morning about how I'm lazy. And that's part of what drew me to real estate was that passive income. Mm -hmm. Now we all know there's no real passive income and there's a lot of work even with your uh, holdings, you know, mm -hmm. your portfolio of rental properties. But again, being lazy allows you to be creative because you find creative solutions to things that wouldn't necessarily be out there. And that's going to help you big time in wholesaling. You've got to be the creative one that finds new ways to get a hold of sellers, finds that motivated seller before the next guy. That's right. So again, wholesaling is nothing more, guys, than buying a great deal and selling it to somebody else at a good deal. You may close, you may not, okay? The difference would be if you assign that agreement or if you double close it. Uh, depending on the area that you live, the city, state, county, they may require you to fund those deals. In some places, they don't require you. Where we live, and Mike and I here in St. Louis, Missouri, um, we can do what's called a double close dry fund, dry funding, so we don't have to actually bring money to the table. In other areas... Uh, you may have to use a transactional funder. It really just depends on your local title company and or licensed uh, real, uh, not realtor, um, attorney that will handle the transaction. Um, yeah, and again, a lot of that is what, what I was mentioning too, right. is like stuff is happening where you we may all have to start funding our deals. Now, does that mean it has to be your money? No, but you may have to go find a private funder, a private lender to fund that deal mm -hmm. for you. And there's lots of people out there that offer transactional funding because it's a great way to make money on your money and it's super low risk and short term. So there's guys out there in our marketplace that I know. I mean, so what's I walk transactional into transactional funding. Let's talk about let's describe Absolutely. I walk into title companies from time to time and see business cards sitting at the front desk for transactional funding. These people want to lend you money. So don't feel like it's something that, you know, you need to be afraid of. So let's talk about a trans a, a, a double close using transactional funding. So how's that look? So, uh, Dave, you can be the uh, – you'll be B. You'll be the wholesaler. Okay. Okay. So Dave goes in. 
uh, with the A to B contract, and I'll say I'm the uh, the original seller in this case, right? So Dave goes in with his contracts to me, and Dave doesn't have a hundred thousand dollars to buy my house, but that's what's on the paper. Or in some cases, and in some markets, three, four, five, six hundred thousand. Right. He Absolutely. doesn't have the cash in hand today to buy it. And you want to know a secret? I rarely do. You don't know a secret. We get a lender for all of our deals. You don't know a secret. Retail buyers don't either. Yeah. They get mortgages. That's a great point. Nobody's Love that, actually Mike. Got, Good point. There's yeah. very few people that actually have the money, the cash in the bank to go and close to on To go it. and close on So what Dave does, though, Dave goes out and he wholesales this deal. He finds a buyer. He finds the BC contract. And let's say you, listener, are the end buyer. So you have the $120,000 because Dave is going to sell this property to you for one hundred and twenty, dollars And you're thinking this is a sweet deal because... You wouldn't be able to find anything else out there on the MLS, even close to this property, for under $150,000, $160,000. go. doesn't matter what you're doing with it. You're getting condition. a deal on it. Right. right. So in fixed up, it's probably worth two hundred. dollars So you're getting a great deal. You're happy to buy this house at one hundred and twenty. But Dave, you're feeling a little nervous because you're going to make $20,000 on this. Mm. So you don't want to assign it. Yeah, I don't want to offer an assignment in, in some scenarios because it may upset the buyer. Uh, it may make them, you know not want to move forward with the deal there's lots of reasons you know so typically right, think about it would you want to pay dave twenty thousand dollars to just basically hand some paperwork over to you yeah, yeah. so it depends you, it's, it, a, it's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of buyers absolutely so that's why we have different types of closes but we're talking about the double close so what i would do in this scenario is uh depending on where you live you can either dry fund double close it or you have to wet fund double close it which really just means nothing more than you have to actually fund it or you don't so where we live, it's a dry fund, meaning if I can line up my buyer and my seller to both come into title company at the same day, I can actually use the proceeds from the end buyer to cover the purchase of my purchase, the, 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 the first contract. In other parts of the country, you can't do that. So you have to fund those deals. Exactly. So, so you have to actually fund it, and you bring in a transactional funding partner. And again, there's people out there. They're all over the place. They want to be found. So how much money does Dave need to borrow then? That's the question. So Dave's contract with me is 100000 There's going to be some title work, some fees, some stuff on there. So he's going to have to borrow right around that 100000 Yeah, maybe a 102, 103, something, something like, that. like that. Yep. And then the- – And I'm typically borrowing that money for – Hours. Yeah, if if not days, not weeks, hours. Okay, so they will fund the deal, and the deal goes into my name briefly, and then the other buyer, the end buyer, comes you. in. You guys come in, and you close, and you pay the one twenty. It probably ends up being one twenty one, one twenty two with clo- closing costs and everything else. And my buy or my transactional funder gets paid back immediately. He gets so his, his cash is really just a placeholder to show that it's being purchased, okay? And they get paid back that 101, 102, whatever it might be, and I get to keep the difference in this scenario about 18 grand. Well, 101, 102 plus their fee. So that's the Plus thing. their fee. So that's Good point. why a transactional lender is willing to do it because they're going to throw out 100,000, but they know they're getting it back the same day. The if same day. If, right. And they're going to make one point, two points, whatever they're going to Sometimes three points. Right. So they can so lend 100 grand for three hours and make 3,000 bucks. So they do have risk, but typically these transactional funders won't lend unless everything is lined up and all the ducks are in a row and the title company basically gives them a thumbs up and says, hey, 
all everything looks great. There's no issues. And even better, whenever they know the end buyer does deals and closes on deals, then the title company really gives them a thumbs up like, this is a no-brainer. You're going to make a couple grand for Lyndon, Dave, or Mike money to purchase it. But everybody wins. Again, we want to really let you know make that clear is that this is always a win-win or win-win-win scenario. And always. So, and so I would never look down on the fact like, oh, if I live in an area and I need to get my deals funded or for whatever reason you, you can't do a dry-funded close like we were talking about. You have to get the transactional funding. It's a cost of doing business. Like, big deal. So it costs you $3,000. So go make to 20. Make 17 instead. Yeah, to make 17 instead. Exactly. So you made $17,000. Well, guess what? You still had zero actual dollars out of pocket on that transaction. Mm-hmm. So you're still making $17,000 net. It's just your cost of business is doing higher or your cost of business is higher in that area or That's on right. this transaction. So the purpose of this episode is actually to keep it simple. So don't overthink the closing process. If you don't have the money, the money will come. There's people that will lend you money. Uh, called hard money lenders to buy, rehab, rent out, fix and flip, whatever you want. There are also people called transactional funders, and oftentimes it's the same person, Mm -hmm. and they will help you with the wholesale transaction, okay? So do not stress about the money. That is like the number one thing that Mike and I hear from our students is I'm afraid to put this property under contract because what happens if I actually have to close on it? Well, if you actually have to close on it, to me, that means that you found a buyer and you're going to get paid. Why wouldn't you want to do that? So to me, that just seems like, you know, it's a no-brainer. These people are out there. Keep it simple. So we've explained what wholesaling is. We've explained the ways that you would exit the deal and close them up. Next, I want to talk about the, some of the just simple steps. This is all about keeping it simple, all right? I would say number one, most important, you got to have a marketing budget. Either has to consist of time or money or both. Either you're out sourcing leads for your business or you are paying to get your message in front of people so they can call you. If your phone isn't ringing or you're not picking it up, you will not get deals, period. It all starts with marketing. And then the next thing I want to say is is almost as important, but obviously that's first. You got to have marketing or else you got nothing. You have no business. You have no deals. You have no inventory. That's one of my favorite quotes, Dave. You know what it is. No matter what business you are in, you are in the business of marketing. Love it. I could not agree more. Next. I love it. So next, keep it simple, guys. This is so incredibly simple. Next, you have to be making offers. Every marketing uh, that you send out is costing you money. Every piece of marketing. Every time you pick up the phone and cold call somebody, it's costing you time. So you are investing time and energy into sourcing leads. Well, when these leads come in, that money has already been spent. That time has already been spent. So you need to make the most of these leads, which means you need to work them. And part of working a lead is making an offer on it. If a lead comes in and you don't make an offer on it, you might as well just take $100 out of your wallet and light it on fire. Would you agree, Mike? Yeah, I've done that before. It's not good. Hopefully not not literally. No, 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 no. I've just thrown leads away. Yes. When you don't We've all phone, done it. You don't make an offer. Yes. You're just throwing the money away. And that's really all that it comes down to. You got to market. 
You got to make offers. Next, you need to learn how to, to make the offer in terms of what that number is. All right. And we have other podcast episodes about the MAO so formula. This is important so let's not dive too deep because I want to keep it simple. Well, let's talk about just making the offer. So that's what I was going to say is you don't want to just make an offer. You have to make an offer that makes sense for you. Correct. You can't just, oh, they want 120. Okay, here's 120. If that number is 10 grand higher than what the property's worth, don't make that offer, guys. We're not suggesting you go lock up properties that you have no ability to close on and no ability to sell. That is foolish, to say the least. So do not do that. Make offers. That makes sense. Dave's going to talk or was leading us to the MAO formula, which is super important as well. Yeah, so the MAO so, formula is very simple. It's just a simple formula for us to determine what the perfect real estate offer is. Okay, so we start with the ARV. We multiply it by about 70%. We take out our wholesale fee, and then we um, we have what's called our MAO. We're solving for MAO, all right? And again, we have podcast episodes on this, or it's in our book if you want more details to dive down. But essentially, we don't start with the MAO. We end with it. So we discount that number even more. At the end of the day, we are making offers to buy properties at a discount. If you have forgotten what show you are listening to, it is the Discount Property Investor Podcast. That's what we do here. We make offers to, to people that own properties and try to buy them at a discount. It is so incredibly simple. The only other thing that you would really need to know um, is how to determine repair estimates. And you're going to need to know that in order to determine that MAO or calculate that perfect offer. If you don't know how to determine repair estimates, don't worry. I didn't. Mike didn't know how either when we first started. The simplest way is to basically take the square footage of the property and multiply it by $15, $25, or $40. Mike, why would you multiply it by one of those, and how does that work? So we call that the uh, the multiplier, right? The square so footage multiplier. Square footage multiplier. So why would I do that? It depends on what quality of rehab I'm shooting for or the amount of work. Kind of those two things uh, factor in. So the lower one is going to be just kind of a light cosmetic fluff up. There's not that much paint, wrong with the house, paint. guys. Doesn't need a lot. Doesn't right. need a lot of work. Uh, your next number up, the 25 per square foot, is going to be... Uh, it probably needs a little kitchen update, probably needs a little bathroom update, Maybe windows. as well as the paint and carpet and mm -hmm. some other major things. Mm -hmm. The $40 a square foot is going to be a gut rehab. You walk in and you can't stand the smell. Nothing. There's holes Looks in the good wall. there. The bathrooms are 50 years old and just everything needs to go. You're talking plumbing, electrical, roof, windows, flooring, paint, appliances, cabinets. I mean, you name it. If it needs everything, you're looking roughly at $40 a foot in repairs. And well going to give you a ballpark. That's a ballpark. the amount of repairs that are going to be needed. Correct. Guys, we're wholesalers, right? You guys are going out there, you're trying to wholesale your first deal. You don't have to be an expert. You got to ballpark that number so that you can make your offer. Then you're going to go partner with the rental buyer or the flipper who is going to know those numbers. They're going to come in and say, oh yeah, 40000 Well, I think you're a little low because this, this, this. And then they're going to teach you. You're going to learn from them where they're seeing uh, the extra cost. And you can say, oh, okay, well, yeah, next time maybe I should use 45 when I see it this bad. Or, oh, I should have checked that uh, that foundation crack out. I didn't even think to factor that in. So, again, you're going to learn from your buyers. And that's okay. That's okay, 
Right. It's better to overestimate the cost of repairs than it is to underestimate them. That's a gold nugget. Another gold nugget is it's better to underestimate your ARV than overestimate your ARV. And you will learn as you go. So if the house doesn't need a whole lot, figure out the square footage. If you don't know that, go on Zillow or Realtor.com and you can find that information. The tax records also should have that in your local area. Take the square footage. Multiply it by 15 a foot if it barely needs anything. If it needs some stuff but not a complete gut gut rehab, multiply it by 25. And if it needs everything, multiply the square footage by $40, okay? Now, if you live in a market that's super cheap or super expensive, you may want to move those numbers up or down a little bit. But the point of this episode is to keep it simple. You do not need to go make a list that's 62 pages long to figure out your repair estimates. You could show me a property and Mike with five or 10 pictures. And I can tell you typically if it's a 15, a 25 or a $40 a foot rehab, it's not that complicated. This is not rocket science. So keep it simple. All right. So let's recap here, guys. You have to be marketing or have a marketing budget, which consists of time and or money. If your phone isn't ringing, you need to do more marketing or you need to pick up the phone and start making calls or go door knocking or driving for dollars. All right. Next, you need to be making offers on every single lead that comes in the door, no matter what. Okay. After you are making offers on these leads, you need to get good at determining what the right offer is. And that can really go, you know, you can flip flop those too. But you need to understand how to run comps and determine your ARV as well as your repairs. And we just talked about um, how to determine your your repairs. If you want to, to run comps and you're not an agent, uh, use the same software we do, guys. Go to our, uh, I'm sorry, go to DPI Podcast dot com forward slash comps and you get a 14 day free trial of a a service that we use that allows you to run mls comps nationwide last but not least find yourself a buyer a cash buyer that's looking for a deal and trust me these people are everywhere there are so many people looking for fix and flips and rental properties If you have a deal, you will find a buyer. I am just over-the-top confident on that. People are looking for deals from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed. I know I am. Yeah, we are all day, every day. We can't keep deals because we keep selling them. That's right. it's It's a great problem to have. We just keep selling everything, which is awesome. So, again, guys, keep it simple. Get out there. Do some deals. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.